What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's up, movie lovers? How are you guys doing? It's your girl, Rossi, and John DiGregorio has joined me this evening to uh, review episodes six and seven for Let the Right One In. So let's get into this. Well, guys, um, so we're here to review um, episode six and seven of Let the Right One In. And John have, and I have totally enjoyed um, this show thus far. Um, I, I do want to start because John's going to recap um, some of uh, last week's episode and then we'll get into this. But I, I do want to give a shout out to the actors, okay? The cast members. So I'll start with um, Madison Taylor Baez. She plays Ellie. We have uh, Damian uh, Bisher, who plays Mark, who also uh, is a producer. Um, we have Anika Noni Rose, who plays Naomi. We have Ian Foreman, who plays our lovable Isaiah, our lovable Isaiah. We have um, Kevin Carroll, who plays Zeke. Grace uh, Gummer, who plays Claire. Jacob Buster, who plays Peter. And of course, Nick Stahl, um, and he was in everything when I grew up, who played Matthew. Okay, so I just wanted to give a shout out to those actors who are doing a great job. John? So I have to say, I really enjoyed watching this. As a matter of fact, I ended up watching this right from episode four all the way up to episode six, but it wasn't okay. to get caught up or anything. I just wanted to rewatch it and binge it from that point on because of the fact I think that binging those episodes together actually fits in because there's a lot happening within the fourth episode. Right. And especially about how everything's connecting together, especially when you're wondering, okay, the connected tissue with, uh, for instance, with Peter and Claire, yeah. you're wondering how is this, even making sense or anything like that because of the fact that you're not sure where it's going to go. And then when you find out within the seventh episode that the reason why, being why Claire's the, um, why Ellie's the way she is, is because of Peter. Right. And then the, the most ironic thing is this. Okay. So this is what I'm thinking. Okay. And of course, you know, I called it with the whole entire, there's a drug out on the street. Absolutely. You did. Yes. Um, but Okay, so think of it like this. You have, and this is what I'm thinking. I'm sorry, I'm just going to make a minute here. But, okay, so what I'm thinking is this, okay? As I'm seeing this being processed, as I'm watching this as a viewer and as a fan of this show, I'm watching this and I'm thinking to myself, okay, so now you killed the husband who is actually the investigator, the detective, and then you also yeah. have the little boy, yeah, right, Naomi, right. and then Xavier, uh, Xavier, right, for the, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah. <laughs> so now you have, now to get this though, so you're th thinking like this, so because of the, the father being dead, right, that blood is now in Ellie's system. Absolutely, yes. So then, think of it like this though too, you also have that situation, but you're also dealing with the fact that 
I wouldn't have been in this situation if it wasn't for uh, the stuff with Peter, if it wasn't for the stuff with Clear and right. the selling the drugs and stuff like right. that. And now this is the ironic part that comes into it, right? They're the ones who's coming up with the cure, just as Ellie taking the blood from Isaiah's father. Right. And it has that kind of connect. Uh, I'm, I'm going a little too deep, I think, but there's a point that I'm trying to make, but basically is this have a, a, an issue here where you have Peter who winds up taking the life of Ellie and she wouldn't be the way that she was. And now the only way to save her is through Peter who actually winds up being the very person that turned her into a vampire. And then of course the father is gone from Isaiah. Right. So therefore in turn, you know, you're having this investigation going on and then to be under that kind of thing where now it's like, Oh, I actually ate your father's blood. And right. oops, how does this actually conflict with Isaiah's and Ellie's uh, relationship later right. on? That's that, that's right. the point I was trying to make. Okay, so, you have, that. so that's the uh, that's the two things that's going on over here that I really right. found really fascinating. Right. Especially when the um, we're going to get into it, but going ahead. Yeah. Well, um, no, I I agree with you, and um, because we we connected, uh, uh, like you said, Peter to Ellie when we, they, um, the camera early on, and I think it was like episode uh, three, where you see the school picture and you see Ellie in that school picture and Peter in that school picture. So that's when we got our first connection. Okay, so they were together. And then in the episodes that we are watching now in episode six, we get to, they really show how Ellie and Peter met. Um, besides being in a a, a a school picture together, they were um, stargazers. Remember, Ellie wants to be, um, uh, what is it, an astronaut, okay? Astronomy, so, a study of astronomy. Uh, astronomy, astronomy, there you go. And so she's really big into that. So uh, we get to um, go back in the past and see her life, okay? So we start off with, um, and I think that's episode um, seven. So I'll, we'll get into six first before we even get there. First of all, we're we're celebrating Isaiah's birthday. Okay, so this is a uh, this episode is great. It's fun. We learn a little bit more about um, Ellie and her age um, in this one. Um, remember, last week we realized that Isaiah found out that his dad. The reason why he's not returning calls is because he's dead or possibly dead. Um, we also um, find out that um, Ellie tells Isaiah that who she really is because he's just the night that they snuck out to Ellie's old house. We find out that it is her old house. She's uh, Isaiah's kind of been paying attention to wait, this girl's out here. No, no jacket. She's it's just things aren't adding up. So we find out that she tells him this is who I am. And it literally scares the shit out of Isaiah. I mean, the poor kid was having nightmares mm -hmm. uh, uh, because, you know, a vampire, you know what I mean? It, she's a monster as far as he's concerned. He's a 12 year old boy. So we got through all that. So now they're good. And uh, he hasn't told, told his mom. And remember last episode, he came very close to kind of sharing it with the mom, but he wanted to talk to his dad first about it. So mom's thinking, Naomi's thinking that it's just a, uh, him liking um, uh, Ellie and not realizing that Ellie actually told, you know, um, uh, Isaiah 
that she is a vampire. So we're celebrating his birthday. What did you think about the whole uh, birthday cake? And, and well, before even that, I mean, when um, Mark's over at Naomi's house and the part where he's uh, sneaking into her computer, mm-hmm. did you not freak out when she walked into that room? What did you think? Okay, number one, I was cooking as I was watching this. And <laughs> so I'm like, I'm stopping what I'm doing, right? So I'm like, yeah. I, this is what I said. I said, you are such an idiot. Yes. You're an idiot. You're, I said, I hope you have a good, good plan because it's about to go ahead. Be, I hope you right. like black stripes because that's where you're going, buddy. <laughs> right, right. And then I'm like, this reminds me of so much of Dexter, though. It has like a Dexter kind yes, of vibe yes. to it. Yes. Because he's basically a serial killer. If you think about it, if you under, look underneath yes. the context of it, he's a, he's a serial killer, but he's also trying to help his daughter. Right. And trying to sort of, trying to figure out a way to actually keep his daughter living. So right. it's about the bond and the fatherly love. So that's Absolutely. different from the Dexter vibe. Right. But he's being stupid. He right. knows that there's an investigation going on. Right. And he's asking too many questions as is. Yeah. And here you are going on on a laptop. And then, the, of course, the detective's like, well, hold on one second. Let me go in the back real quick and keep an <laughs> eye on the dinner. Oh, yeah, not a problem. I'll get, not a problem. Right. Goes on ahead. Opens up the laptop, sees the sees the little coin that the father was actually sober on. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, did he even touch that? And then when you do the recap of it, I'm like, oh, this is this is bad. But it also goes under the context of two. Maybe it might actually lead back over to the person that gave it to him in the AA meetings. So right. it could have that possibility too. Right. Exactly. Um. Yeah. And remember, guys, um, because I I mean, I I freaked out, too, and I'm sure you guys freaked out as well as John and I freaked out when she comes out of the room. It's like, I just don't get caught. Like, you're being stupid. Get out of her computer. What if she finds out? Is this the scene where she's going to find out? And then, you know, it all goes haywire. But, you know, he's smooth enough to where when she comes out, of course, he set the table and said, hey, your laptop's over there, babe. You know, everything's right. good. Right. Um, and then we find out that it's Isaiah's birthday. She gives him the cake. And this this birthday was just every 12 year old's dream. You have to admit that cake was freaking awesome. What he decided cake, to do. That cake was looked like a five hundred dollar cake. Right. That you would actually get at Gordon Ramsay's restaurant. Absolutely. Absolutely. The magic like, of it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing that I liked about it was how special it was. It was like for a moment, Ellie actually feels like a human rather than a vampire. Yes. Yes. And she feels the most safest with Isaiah, with her secret. Yes. Yes. And I liked how the Godfather actually asked her this. He goes, wait, you told him? Right. And, and, you know, it, he pauses for a minute. Yeah. and But he's like... And you can definitely tell that he's not going to tell the tell, oh, the tell the father, right? Because he'll freak out and pack his bags. Absolutely, and, and he he knows that that he knows that she's lonely, and and he knows when she talked to him to Zeke about her feelings for Isaiah on that couch when she apologized to him for not being mindful of him giving her blood when things were really bad. Okay, because Zeke did a lot for this family, but anyways, yeah, I didn't feel like he was going to tell. Um, uh, Mark, because like you said, it, it, they'll get up and, and run again because, I mean, that is a detective that lives next door. And I can't wait to find out how that all goes down. But I like the fact that um, also when um, um, Ellie is just really excited about um, 
Zeke's birthday, or I'm sorry, Isaiah's birthday, guys, and she wants everything to just to go as planned because she remembers when she had her birthday, she had sleepovers and all that. The conversation that Mark had with Ellie when he asked Ellie, so you really do like Isaiah? And she's like, I do. And he tells her, you do understand that it's absolutely inappropriate of, you know, having a relationship because we find out later how old Ellie is about, you know, how old she is. So when he says that, you realize why he said that, not only because of, of the infection that she has being a vampire, but just the age alone. And she understands that because she's stuck in a 12 year old's body, you know? And so, um, but she was really excited at the fact that um, the dad was going to do something for Isaiah, for his birthday, but also remember, she's kind of bothered that she find out, found out that her dad took that information from Naomi's computer. And remember, Ellie's now on board. Like, you want me to share things with you? This is what I have to do because regardless of how you feel about them, we still have to keep you safe. No one's going to be okay with her situation and, and what he has to do for her. So, and at this point, guys, remember, Isaiah doesn't know, Ellie doesn't even know that, you know, she consumed <laughs> Isaiah's dad, who, whose name was Frank's blood. She doesn't know that. So she's just being let into um, um, being allowed to know what's going on as far as, you know, the, the, the laptop with the information that he took. Because remember last week, you know, her Zeke and da the dad went out to that warehouse to look for. Right. Yeah, and he's freaking out. Down. Yeah. Now, let me talk about that real quick and we'll jump it back over to this other Absolutely. thing. If that's okay. Totally. Now. Okay. So you actually get this thing, conversation between Peter and Claire, where it's like, well, you know, you're going to have no choice, but to work, let, put this drug out on the streets. Either that or we lose our house. Right. So. I'm like, okay, I would take that deal because you don't want to lose your house. And I'm right. like, girl, you got to take it. Then right. you realize, wait a second, when you see the warehouse and you're looking at a couple of years earlier, yeah, you're realizing what El Ellie's father saw. Right. Two months before. Yeah. That was two months two before. Two months before. That. And realizing it's Claire and it's Peter, Peter and all that, the family. Right. Matthew, and you're yes. realizing, oh, this is interesting. This is right. she's the one who has the cure, and and she says there's these guys with machine guns and things right. like that with AK 47s, for example. Right. And when he's when it's empty, and then you realize whenever you see that scene with Peter with Claire and her other brother, right. you realize oh, this were the people that he was talking about. Right. But at the back of my mind is like, is this or isn't it the people that he's, that they're talking about at the back of my head? Right. But then when you have the realization, it was like, oh, okay. So now we have some cohesiveness with this. Yes. So that's something I really do appreciate with it, with right. that part. But right. going back. Right. Didn't you find it like awesome when they show the inside of that compound and, you know, that down in the industrial district? I mean, they had labs. And remember, a lot of these people that are there to help Matthew out are fellow soldiers of Matthew that volunteered to come and help him out. Because, you know, before Claire came into the picture, the dad had those drugs out on the street. And like John said, you know, guys, um, in order to keep what she has going and keep the lab at her mansion, she has to get with it. And and also, did you realize the the how Claire 
just kind of her look change. You know, Jay Jones and I talked about that last week, how she was very plain kind of. And all of a sudden her clothes get gets darker as she gets more involved with having right. to put the drugs out on the street, basically. Right. Her style was basically her st- uh, her clothing style changes because of the yes. fact, yeah, now she's making some money. Right. And you're being loud now, but right. you're also kind of being plain, but also being someone else that you don't never intended to be. Absolutely. Because remember, she tells her brother, look, I did not want to go down this road. This is not the right. road that I want to go on. I never wanted it to be in the wrong hands. I was wanting right. to do a cure-all kind of situation. I didn't want this out on the street because we right. don't even know what this is actually going to do. Right. Somebody. Because right. you see that whole entire scene where they're trying it out on the ape and stuff yes. like that, too. And she's like, well, I no longer want to do that. Now I want to do it on a human. And yeah. then it goes into the point where now you're kidnapping somebody right. to help the cause. And then you also play this kind of narrative, right? Where it's like, oh, she's this is actually kind of dark for her character. And I'm like, how could you do that to somebody? And then I'm like, wait a second. Her father, the father of Ellie is doing the same thing that she's doing. Absolutely. So I'm like, so basically I'm being hypocritical towards how she's doing things. Right. It's okay for him to do it because of the fact that it's his daughter and she's right. doing it. Everybody's in there with the right reasons. Absolutely. Everybody's trying to help right intentions. Out. Absolutely. Yes. But it's the wrong way of actually handling the situation. Right. right. At because that time. Right. And, and Peter, what Peter's going through is, you know, he, he, he looks normal again, you know, like Jay Jones. And I said last week, he's kind of feeling himself. But one thing that I did notice and also John is that, um, remember, Peter made a statement about the, the fact that what Claire did is Claire is getting closer and closer. I mean, look at what happened to his skin. That worked, okay? We found out that on the ape, she's able to um, a, a, what allow, uh, continue the process of growing, basically. Okay, that, so go ahead. But also, too, brain surgery to the point where you get rid of the de-aging factor. Absolutely, right. Where you now don't, and so therefore you're living forever is not going to even be an issue anymore. Right. It's Absolutely. just that you're going to be old for, and everything, too. So you right. have that aspect into it. And so, Peter doesn't and, and like that. Peter, no. Peter does not like that aspect because he likes the fact of being young. You know, his issue was he was he was burned all over his body. Then when he's coming back to himself, he's feeling good about himself. He's always in a mirror and he doesn't like the fact that Claire has cracked that, that she has figured that out because he knows now he has to age. So I'm wondering what's that going to do to him? Like if he gets out, is he, you know what I mean? Like I'm concerned about his, his, um, the way he feels about it. It's like, he's not appreciating what Claire's doing because he's upset that she's solving that as she snaps at him and lets him know, I'm sick of you basically bitching all the time. You know, I've, I've given up what I do for a living, which is help people to come here and help you. Because remember they're tight. They're really tight. She loves them, but he has gotten a little arrogant, you know, and saying little things. And that's where Matthew comes in to kind of bring them back down and let them know, look what your sister's doing for you. So I'm just wondering how Peter's right. going to react once he gets loose, if he does get loose. Right. Well, let's talk about that for a minute here too. Okay. Like with the scene with Matthew talking to Peter, he's like, look, you're 15 years old. 
you're allowed to be a ball bag if you want to be a ball right. bag. Right. But you're being rude to your sister for a reason here. Hey, Frenchie, right. how are you? <laughs> but yeah. Hi. You're, Hi, but, and you see, I feel like this, okay? So it's like, look, you're 15 years old. You're being a ball bag for a reason. You have every right to be a ball bag. But right. at the same time, though, you need to realize what your sister is actually sacrificing here. Absolutely. And what she's doing here, she's kidnapping somebody to help you. And right. here you are being rude to your sister for the sacrifices that she has made. Absolutely. So that's something that I really found really fascinating on how she brings him down a notch. Yeah. But also, too, you also wonder, too, what is life like after this disease happens? Because right. even Matthew, well, not Matthew, but even Peter goes, so what am I going to be, 15 years old for the rest of my life? Right. All my friends think I'm dead. Even if you do to the, the aging factor, I'm going to be old right. and I'm going to be a vampire. What right. be do? What a life. So yeah, basically. Exactly. exactly. And so as we get through all of that and we'll, we'll, we'll speak about, um, we'll get past um, Isaiah's birthday actually went off well. Um, I love the fact that they were able to go to the carnival or the fair um, and the fact that they were, Ellie was able to be a kid. You know what I mean? It was like the best day of her life, you know, that she's had in a long time because remember her dad's just altering things that he used to do. And remember, she just wants her dad happy as, as well. You know, she wants that old dad back. And um, he, he's too focused on trying to cure her and going out and feed her. So them having this outing with Naomi and Isaiah, all four of them together, was a big deal. It was really beautiful. I love the chance the of normalcy. It was absolutely normal for two kids that are 12 years old to have, which she hasn't had. So I, I love the scene at the fair. I love when... Uh, uh, obviously the, what's the, the toy at the fair where you hit the hammer? Oh, the little goes, hammer with the bell. Yeah. Right. And Mark the, bell and hammer. Up, the bell hammer and Mark goes up to do it. And, you know, obviously couldn't do it. And I love how Isaiah and Ellie kind of snuck around and, you know, you give Elliot because you, or Elliot, because you know that she's going to kill it. And I love when the guy just looks like, you know, at first he's like, yeah, yeah, sweetheart, come on up here, you know, give this little girl a go. And, you know, obviously she's got superhuman strength, so she kills it. And I thought that was really funny. Uh, the conversation of them on the fair as well. What did you think about that when they're talking about birthdays and her, you know, the, the realization that he's going to get older and leave? Right. And he made that. He goes, look, if there was one wish that I could make and I made that. um <laughs> Frenchie, <laughs> that's right on the nose. Well, what can you do? But you see, though, I like that whole entire wish that he made. He's like, if there was one wish that I could make, it was to be like you, to be a vampire. Right. And she's like, right. no, you do not want this. Right. You do not want this. He goes, yes, I do. No, you do not want this. Right. You think you do. You think you want to do this. You right. don't know the implications that it has with this. For instance, you have to feed on blood, other people for right. food and everything right. else. And that's also the issue that uh, Matthew also, not Matthew, but Peter also has. Burning yes. in the sun and feeding on somebody. If it wasn't for those two things, he would be loving being a vampire. Right. But Absolutely. because of those things. But Ellie's telling him, look, <laughs> for every consequence, there's a reaction and a consequence behind that reaction. You do not want to wish this unless you actually knew what you were getting yourself into. Absolutely. And. I think that took him down an octave was like, okay, well, if I can't have you. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. 
Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Forever, I will just enjoy my time that I have with you right? as well. Right, because she understands that you know, he is, he is going to age and get older and she's going to always be 12 years old. So at some point she's old enough to know that, you know, he's saying that now, but you know, he, he's gonna, he's gonna grow up. He's gonna move on. He's gonna find someone else, you know? And so she lets it go and says, okay, you know, I believe you. So that was a great day. They had a great time. Also a funny part when, uh, uh, Naomi and Mark are sitting on the bench and he's like, you know, like, listen, listen to that. You hear the ocean and then you hear the guy from the background say whatever it is that he said. It was really funny and kind of brings them back to, you know, the reality that we're sitting on the bench in the middle of the freaking looking at the ocean and, you know, crazy people are walking around, whatever. Well, also, too, it gives them a chance to actually connect with her, but not only connect with her, but it also gives them a chance to just enjoy the quietness that's within his own head, though, too, because there's a lot going on here. Like, for instance... And I just wanted to speak on this one part, though, on one of the other episodes where you basically have Zeke who winds up giving him the position of that chef, head chef again, giving yeah. him his stardom again right. and him trying to process that. And then having the his daughter, who's a vampire, fighting that part and right. doing that at the same time. Yeah, that was very, fu- yeah, very was. funny for New York. It was, baby. It was. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that um, because we find out um, that. Uh, Mark is an upcoming chef, a well-known chef. He had already made it into um, the the paper. So this was some, he was somebody. And remember, he opened up the restaurant with Zeke, but he ended up leaving because obviously things happened to Ellie. And we find out at the end of episode uh, six that this had been going on for, or maybe it was seven, but 10 years, eight months and whatnot. So we realized that Ellie's about 22 years old. She's about 21, 22 years old. That's how long they've been dealing with that. And we'll start at the, where they're uh, looking at the stars, stargazing. And mm-hmm. it's Peter and it's Ellie. And we're going back in time because now they're getting ready to tell us this is how this went down. Okay. And we're about to see how Ellie got infected. Now, the guy that comes up to them and is showing them the stars with the clipboard. Isn't he the guy that was in the tree or was that Peter in the tree? I want to say that was Peter in the tree. Okay. It makes I, more I sense. that a little bit because when that guy walked off and after he got done talking to them, remember, he walked off into the, the bushes. He throws the paper down, the clipboard down, and you see his eyes glow. So, okay, he, he's on the drugs or whatever. So I wasn't sure. Was that Peter up in the tree or was that that guy in the tree that attacked Ellie. I want to say it was Peter in the tree because it actually okay. makes more sense. Right. Although it could be a little but, misdirection but guy, though too. Who's that with the guy as well? Like who is he? You know? That, right. Not unless it's very, I wouldn't be surprised though. But there's a little misdirection going on over here. Right. Okay. Because of the fact that they want us to think that it's Peter. Right. Because of his setting it up for that, because we'll get to that in a few minutes, because all that is in the episode, this episode, oh too. Gosh. Right. But, you know, even though I mentioned it briefly, 
but yeah. it could be a little misdirection to where we're thinking it's Peter, but it's not really Peter. Maybe right. this is actually how Peter turned into a vampire as well. Maybe this guy also got him. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. The way I took it, because I, you know, I missed that that part. I just saw the guy on a tree. But anyway, so I'm I'm thinking that that's how they both got bit. That's where I'm thinking that it was that guy that was talking to them and then walked away and you realize, okay, his eyes is glowing. Oh my gosh. Anyways, though, guys, we do see Ellie get attacked. We see the person jump out of the tree. Ellie looks up and there you have it. So you have Zeke and you have, um, well, that starts off with Ellie in the house and she has blood like draining from her eyes, from her ears. It's just gory. And you're wondering what, what the hell is going on. And when, when Zeke says, Ellie, you're welcomed here. At that point, they had been dealing with her being bit that whole time. Right. Because remember this, though, too. She was also in the hospital for X number of days. Right. They didn't know what was going on with her. They didn't know what to feed her. Up until she showed her teeth, that's when Zeke realized, oh, we're dealing with a vampire here. Right. You need to back away from her. Right. She needs blood. Then whenever you have the wife stealing the cold blood, they're like, yeah. she winds up spitting it out in the home and realizing, right. oh, she does can't have cold blood. She needs warm blood. Yep. So that's the main issue. Yes. But, okay. So the thing that I found fascinating with this is why, and I questioned this twice because they brought this the home up twice where she had to be invited into her home, not once, but twice. Right, and, right. And I'm thinking to myself, wait, so I guess the fact that it's abandoned it, it, when we see it in one of the episodes, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, okay, so why is she being invited back into a house that she used to live in? And yeah, but okay. That's that's what I find fascinating with that. And then, then she gets invited back into her in the flashback. She's invited again back right. into her own house when right. they're living there. So I'm like, okay, this is definitely interesting. Right. Because, and then also too, you also get to see the implications though too, because she, of someone, a vampire swallowing real food. So that was something right. I always right. wondered what would happen. Right. Not being invited in. That was something I was always wondering about. So right. they dived into those two things. Even in the movie, they did that too with inviting, not being invited in and then inviting that person in. But they never touched on the food aspect of it. So right. I'm, so that was something I've always been wondering about. Right. But what, what did you find fascinating about being invited in on those times? Um, the, 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 the time where she's, she's bleeding and doing all that. And he says, Ellie, you're welcome here. I was thinking, okay, is that Zeke's house that she was invited in? Because like you, why would she be invited into her own house? that she already lives at. So I was thinking, okay, maybe it's Zeke's house, but uh, yeah, if it is her house, why does she need to be invited in if she already lives there? Or maybe it's because it's not her, it's a vampire now. So, you know, because she would be technically dead. So therefore she, right. Exactly. So she's, it's, she's not Ellie anymore, you know, Um, because what we saw what happens when she's not Ellie she turns into that 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 vampire that monster so maybe that's it you know it's not her so you have to invite her in because she's she's a vampire it's not her right that's what so i that, got from it you know that's that's what my thinking is about it, it, it is is about it 
you know, that's the way I'm thinking. Sorry, guys. Anyways, um, but I do, I, I, I love this episode because I've been waiting for this episode to come up because I wanted to see how it happened, how her mom died, what they did. Well, go ahead. Okay. So here's the thing. My, my mind going through this episode because this is an origin story setting it up. I'm like, okay, so how, what's the deal with the mom? Because now we know. Right. Know that part, right? Okay. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, so what's the deal with the mom? Right. So does she leave him because of the fact that she's tired of giving blood right. or getting tired of the fact that she's now having to live with a child that's undead? Right. Is she just fed up with everything? What's the deal with her? Right. And then you've, and then uh, we're going to get into where he draws yeah, the line between. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that. <laughs> but, you know, it made me question, okay, so where was the decision to leave or if there was a decision to leave? Right. So that was my my question. And then I'm I'm eating. I'm, I mean, this I'm actually dialed into this episode questioning yeah. every single thing because it's such a great episode. This mm-hmm. is hands down my favorite episode Absolutely. in this season. Absolutely. Baby said that, too. Um, that it's her um, favorite episode as well. This is my favorite episode. I've watched this episode twice today. Um, I really enjoyed it because, like I said, I've been waiting for this. And so what we get to see is how it all went down. Okay, so after Ellie's attack, you know, um, you you see Zeke and um, and Mark trying to figure out, okay, is a, does a person live close to us? Okay, how 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 far do they live? You know. Um, and then they find that tunnel in the alleyway next to their house. I'm sorry. It's the underground, the sewer or the, yeah, the sewer. The rain. Okay. The sewer, they go down there. Um, there's nothing there, but that is a good, a good find. Okay. They didn't find anything though. So weeks go by. It looks like this is weeks going by months going by and you see them, like you said, the mom getting blood. I think she was a nurse or something. So she's getting blood. Zeke is giving blood. They're all giving blood and until they can't give anymore. Like Zeke, his last bag he gave her was barely nothing. So at this point, she knows Ellie's probably got about three months to live. I mean, they don't know what else to do until we find out that Mark has been contemplating going out there and killing and his right. way of doing it was John tell him what he thought would be best. Okay, so this is the most surprising thing to me. Okay, because okay. Zeke is like, wait, you're talking about killing a real life human being, right? WTF? What's wrong with you, right? Or thinking that, and then he winds up tattling on on him to his wife, right? And just, and Mars is looking at him like, bro, I thought we were brothers. We are. But when it comes down to you killing a real life human being, taking their life, right? there's that split in between killing someone and not killing someone and trying to get your daughter to survive. Right. She goes, look, you need to kill your daughter. And then it's like this talk of, I can't do that. I love my daughter too much. Right. And then there's also this other thing that winds up happening too. I'm sorry. I'm just geeked out (laughs) over this. No, go ahead, man. (laughs) Okay. So another thing that winds up happening is this. Okay. So then his wife winds up telling, telling Zeke, look, you're not my husband. Ellie's not your daughter. And then Mark comes around and goes, and she's not your wife. So you can't right. tell her what we can and cannot do. Right. So then they show him the door. He leaves. Right. Then 
his wife sits him down and goes, Mark, sit down for a minute. Oh, so tell me how you're going to do this. I'm like, what? Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I know, right? Did I hear her right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute here. <laughs> Time out. <laughs> and he goes, well, I was thinking about doing this, this, and this. He's just like, look, if you're going to kill somebody, you have to do it right. And she winds up telling him exactly how to do it. Yeah. And hanging him up upside down. Yep. Uh, sh- yep. On their throat. Yep. And I'm like, okay, so that's where that comes in that's at because Mark didn't happened. think of it as himself. Yeah. like, because guys' logical thinking is, okay, well, I'm just going to go on ahead and <laughs> cut their wrist or something and I'll get blood. Yeah. Like, put no. And, 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 I'll, and that was his idea. I'll just put him in a bathtub and cut him up, basically, or, or slit him. So, so it was, it was awesome to see that this was her. This was the wife's, the, that's why he was doing that because he learned it from her. And then he decides that he's been following this, uh, this um, pedophile around and that he found was in his area. So he'd been following him around for weeks, knowing his schedule and all that. And wow, the first kill, of course, you know, he's scared. It's sloppy. It's horrible. He and the guy that he's going to kill end up looking at each other and they're just kind of staring at each other until Mark's like, oh, shit. And he and he and he kills him. But what was so messed up about that, John? Tell them what was so fucked up about that that situation. So you're thinking that he's going to get away with this and everything, right? So what winds up happening is he winds up getting into a car accident because he's in a rush <laughs> to get back home because he thinks his daughter's going to get is going to die. Right. And so he's panicking the whole time. He's like, right. and he's telling this guy, he goes, "Look, I'm sorry, I've been into you. Look, I'll exchange insurances, but right. I have to get back to my daughter. My daughter is sick." Right. And the woman's like, "Well, I saw you crash into him, and everything is clearly right there." Yeah, I'm gonna call the cops. No, do not call the cops. I'll just give you my uh, insurance and my license and my information, and I'll just go my way. Because well, why are you doing a hit and run? Because what do you mean? Why am I doing a hit and run? I'm not doing a hit and run. <laughs> I said I'm giving you my insurance. I'm telling doing what I'm supposed to do. And he's not in his right mind or anything because he has a jug of a car, basically a carton of milk and a milk jug of Absolutely. blood. Right. I would like to actually know how he talked his way out of it with the police officer there because they don't show it. Yeah, they don't. You're right. They do not show it's, that at they all. They cut that and then go straight into the fact that, hey, honey, I'm home with the blood. So, but you it's know. Spoiled. Right. It's spoiled because remember, he has like 20 some, I think it's like 26 or 36 minutes he has before they get the blood. Goes. Yeah, it, before it spoils. So he goes through all that, guys goes into the house and she's excited because he did it and he's crying because he didn't do it. And she's like, okay, well, well maybe the blood's so good. So she takes the jug and then she comes back and says, you're right. And at that point, he's like, I'll go back out there. I'll, I'm, I'm going to go and find someone else. And she's like, just, just settle down, sit down. Like it, we're not going to do that. And then I'm going to let John take this because here's where we're at, guys. Okay, so this is what winds up happening because I'm thinking to myself, okay, so what's going to happen? Did she wind up biting into the wife? Did Ellie wind up killing her own mom? That was my other thing was like, did she kill her own mother? And now it's just Ellie and him together, Mark together. And come to find out, she winds up moving – Basically, Mark's wife winds up moving the furniture up to the door to where Mark can't get in. Right. 
Right. And then she winds up slitting her own wrist to save her mm-hmm. own daughter. Right. And Mar- you, the music that they played for this uh-huh. is is so. Gr- I mean, the music in itself tells the story exactly how. Right. How it goes down and the pain and the suffering of losing your own wife to save. She sacrificed her own self to save her child. Absolutely. And that was the be- is the beautiful writing within this and poetry from this right theme. Right. And it wasn't, it was just to save your own daughter. And then, you know, let's also rewind back a little bit too, because remember when Mark is going into the different sewers and stuff like that, he winds up going over to this mansion and we don't, and he's going to different places. Oh, my right. son passed away. He goes, my, Oh, my son passed away. And that was another place he stops at. Then he stops at another right. place. And finally you get to the mansion. Right. And he knocks on the door. I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. Did guys. Right. Yes. I'm like, did Peter do something to the daughter? Because Peter is actually the only living vampire kind of thing. Right. And, and I'm, I'm like, now that's when I started going into my deep thinking of like, okay, so now you have two people that are in a mess up, mess up situation. We have Mark and Ellie who want, uh, who's in a mess up situation because Mark winds up giving Ellie the blood from uh, Isaiah's uh, father. Right. Then you also have a mess up situation with Peter who wind up giving birth, basically birthing um, the vampire uh, being, making Ellie the vampire. Right. So you have two mess, uh, two mess up situations going off at the same time. But like I, like Rossi and I said, I think that's a misdirection when it comes down to that. Absolutely. I think so too, because when um, what John's bringing up guys is when um, before all this happened with, with Ellie and the mom, He's um, going around to find out, you know, because remember, he's looking for who was close enough to have hurt Ellie. Okay, he ends up going to the mansion where Claire and and it was when her father was alive. So this scene, what I got from that scene is that's when the father called Claire and said, Peter's dead. Peter died because there's no other reason for Claire to be there that soon. So I'm thinking that was during that time. Cause remember this is uh, years before. Okay. Remember uh, Ellie got bit 10 years and eight months before Isaiah's birthday. Okay. Around, you know, so that was the time that I believe that Claire came home because her dad told her that Peter was dead because remember Peter, the drug didn't work. So, you know, Mark shows up there. Right. And technically they didn't lie to him. Peter is dead, but they just didn't yeah, tell right. him that he was undead. Right. But, <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, so Mark goes on his way. Yeah. There's also another, I'm sorry, Rossi. Uh, there's no, there's one ahead. other little detail though. Go ahead. Remember when he's supposed to be like this top notch chef for this five-star restaurant and you right. see a picture over there. Yes. He's off getting ready to kill somebody. Yeah. It's like, this is a life that I once had right. before right. the life I had. Right. That, before the life I have now. Right. And now that life is gone. This is my life yeah. now yeah. kind of situation. And that's exactly right. what they were trying to tell. Right. And, Absolutely. but knowing the fact that the mother sacrificed herself for a daughter, that, that yeah. touched me to know and, that. And, you know, baby, I, I cried too during that when Mark walks in, sees Ellie on the bed, you know, blood, mom's just dead because she slit her wrist to feed Ellie. Um, yeah, that scene, it was just, it was so sad because you, you wonder throughout this whole series, where is mom? 
they they have flashbacks about mom, but they never said what happened to her, you know, until this scene and this episode. And it was just like, what you do for your, your, your kid, you know, would you do that for your family member, you know? And remember, Mark had made a promise to the, his wife before he even knew she was going to do this, that they will never stop until they find a cure for Ellie. So once mom died, that's when he and Ellie went on the run. And remember when he, when they put Zeke out, that was the reason why he, when, when they showed back up in New York, that they hadn't seen Zeke for all those years because they this was the falling out that they had. Zeke just didn't feel like it was right. And Ellie, mom and dad were not going to let her die. So amazing episode. Um, you know, you guys can catch Let the Right One In Sunday nights at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern time on Showtime, wherever you stream Showtime. It's really good, guys. We have, what, three more episodes to go. Right. Um, so I, I'm, it, it's, I just can't wait to see episode eight. And I stopped myself. I didn't go any further. I just stopped. It's hard. It is so hard. You want to grind it out. Because we're so used to in a binge watching culture to binge everything. Right. But I'm here's the, here's what now I got a lot of flack for this before, (laughs) but I said this before I said, I'd rather watch week to week now than to binge everything. Because of the fact that it gives you a reason to speculate. Not only does it give you a reason to speculate and use your own imagination, it's still in the conversation Absolutely. with people within the week. Right. I love Stranger Things, but right. after some, get this, once you binge everything, you forget what you watch. Not only do yes. you not forget what you watch, but it's not in the conversation anymore as if right. it was a week-to-week basis. Right. Absolutely. And that's what uh, Netflix needs to realize is you don't need to binge anything. The binging stuff worked for what it worked, but now because right. I, re- I feel like now I feel like binging stuff is like too much of a stomach overload. Like I'm at a buffet and I'm just okay. overloading okay. everything in my mouth. Yeah. At least with week to week episodes, I can slowly digest the episode. Right. And just let it sink in a little bit, let it marinate a little bit and then right. go on ahead and watch the next episode the following week and have that week to week discussion with friends right. and the water coolers. You know, we always talk in a virtual water cooler kind of scenario. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what it leaves to is right. a water cooler type situation where you can talk to your coworkers or your friends about this. Right. And that's what I love about week to week. Yeah. I, 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 you know, it, it was really hard to not go into the next episode, but I want it just for the reasons that you stated, you know, I wanted to make sure that I'm not too far ahead, that I'm able to just stay with what's going on. And then we all wait until next week and then talk about it. So John will be, fo- we will be um, joining me for the last, what, three episodes of Let the yes. and we're just going to ride that out together. And, um, and then after that, you guys will figure out, you know, what we want to do after John and I do the last of us and um, we'll figure out what's next for uh, Rossi talks. All right, guys. So that's it. Thank you so much for joining uh, John and I. We look forward to um, I look forward to seeing you guys next week. John looks forward to seeing you. I love you so much. Thank you, guys. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy and delicious breads, buns and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. 
Head to Hero.co to shop today.